This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. This is Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. I'm a registered nurse, and so I am concerned about cleanliness and sterility and all of those sorts of things. So I'm delighted to have joining me on the program a mercurial microbiologist and a uh, Jason Tetro, otherwise known as the germ guy, also the uh, podcaster, super awesome science show. The podcast airs on the Chorus Radio Network on Cur- Curious Cast, and he's on the line with me because we're going to talk germs. Hello, Jason. Hello there. How are you? Oh, very well. Oh, good, good. So I was a little bit, uh, I travel a little bit for work and, and sometimes <laughs> for pleasure too, <laughs> the occasional time. <laughs> uh, it's uh, for a good reason. And, um, you know, I, I have to say, I think, oh, I, I will not bring a hairdryer because I know they have a hairdryer. But it turns out uh, that uh, I should maybe bring my hairdryer. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I, hair dryers are going to get contaminated. You're going to have bacteria. You're going to have viruses, but they're not going to be all that bad. And, and the reason is that, you know, uh, in the air, surprise, surprise, there are microbes, right? Mm-hmm. And what does a hair dryer do? It pushes air. <laughs> yes, it does. And, and so on the other side of that hair dryer, it's going to suck in air. And before it gets to the heater, there's going to be all sorts of lint and, and, and dust and everything like that that's going to get caught up in the trap. That's perfect for those microbes to hang out. And then all you need to do is, you know, shake the dryer, uh, just like shaking a tree, and all those microbes are going to go all over the handle and all sorts of other places. So when this study was done, and, and I actually know the guy who did it, Chuck Gerba, he's a character, um, we... It's just one of those things where, yeah, you're going to find lots of germs, and, yeah, some of them are probably going to be, you know, not necessarily the best. Fecal coliforms, environmental bugs that can cause wound infections, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Sinusitis, uh, maybe flu, maybe cold viruses. But, I mean, the fact is is that you're probably going to find that more often, you know, when you go down for the continental breakfast, if you happen to be in one of those types of hotel rooms, than you are on the hairdryer. This is true. I mean, the, the hairdryer is maybe something that's overlooked in terms of being disinfected in a hotel room? Yeah, I mean, the, the fact of it is that you want to be doing a really good disinfection of the hotel room. And there are protocols. Uh, infection control in hospitals is really where, you know, I've studied for the last 15 years. But we do talk to hotels and, and cruise ships and other groups like that, trying to get them to adopt similar techniques. And I'm horrible because I do a lot of travel. I'm all over the world going into hotel rooms. And the first thing I do is I seek out the... Um, uh, the, the cart and look at what they're using to disinfect my room. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, and if I don't like what I see, sometimes I go and talk to the manager as I'm checking out, of course. Oh, interesting. <laughs> you know, um, they're, they're saying that some of the low-cost uh, motels, they have cups that, you know, that are wrapped in plastic. Yeah. And and that might be a good idea for some of the luxury hotels to adopt because some of the sinks can be dirty, some of those glasses can be dirty as well. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. And and the thing is, is that the more that you have the ability to keep something from the rest of the environment, the more likely it is that it's going to be safe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just remember, it should be sealed because there are instances I've heard of where someone will believe that that cup has been 
rep- or has been packaged and is nice and sterile, all they did was they just put it in the same bag right. and wrapped it up and put it back there. Right. Not going to tell you where those places are. You can go figure that out for yourself. <laughs> but if it hasn't been sealed then don't believe it. That's all I'll say. Okay. Yeah, good to know. You can't trust anybody anymore. (laughs) Nobody wants to deliver great service. One time I got bed bugs in a very high-end, I wasn't paying for it, hotel. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, know, I was kind of, I was was super nice about it. (laughs) Anyway, I'm like, well, I think there might be a problem in my room. And they freaked out. Is it your arms? Anyway, they changed my hotel room and then they called me to let me know that there were no bed bugs in that room, that they hadn't been found. I'm like, yeah, yeah right. Anyway, they didn't do anything for me either, but I didn't ask either. <laughs> <laughs> and I find, I, I understand other people just ask for some compensation. Uh, I didn't do that nonetheless. But, um, but it's not necessarily bug, bed bugs. You don't hear too much about bed bugs anymore. Um, but, the, but the sheets and the towels, which is what I'm stealing when I see the uh, laundry cart going by, mm-hmm. um, those are the kinds of things you want to make sure that those are clean. And they've, they're not washing things as frequently as in the past. Well, no, it's not not that they're just not washing it as frequently. I mean, they do get a good wash. And I mean, you're going to see the the sign that says, you know, if you don't want your thing washed, then don't pull it off your bed or whatever. And that's okay. But we're talking about when they are washing it. Um, You're you're familiar with uh, hospitals and, and, and how we used to do things back in the day, right? Only too well. Um, so when we did laundry, what kind of water did we use back in the day? Hot. Hot. Very <laughs> yeah. hot. Yes. Guess what we don't use anymore? Hot. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what temperature bugs die at? Hot. 71 degrees. Well, 74 if you happen to be CFIA. But still, the fact is, is that if you're not using hot, hot water, and I, I don't know if you keep up with the literature, but there was this great paper about 20 years ago in The Lancet, where it was like a man uh, researcher was lamenting the fact that we don't use hot water in our laundry anymore. And surprise, surprise, we're seeing an increase in certain types of infections. Right, exactly. Now, the other thing that I read in my research was when you move your laundry from the washing machine into the dryer, mm-hmm. you should wash your hands after that because the dryer will kill the bugs, but in the washing machine, you could find uh, E. coli and other uh, viruses and germs. Oh, yeah. I was actually part of a study that did that back in the mid-2000, well, the aughts, if you will. Um, And what we found was that uh, if you can contaminate a a laundry washer, if you will, the the tub itself, um, it'll stick around if you're not using 71 degrees Celsius water and you're not using bleach. And so we could you know, literally contaminate other clothes that way, which then, you know, we were hoping to test dryers. So that's what we were doing, but inadvertently found that the laundry itself could be a problem. Yeah. So the fact is, is that when you're doing laundry, you want to be sure that you're either using that really, really hot water or you're, uh, you're using some kind of bleaching agent or you're using the dryer. And if you are using cold water and, you know, detergents that don't happen to have a bleach or hydrogen peroxide in them, then every once in a while, you're going to do a laundry run with hot water and bleach all by itself. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, hospitals, well, you know, the hospitals would do that. That was the, that was the midnight run. <laughs> exactly. Never really worked the midnight run. But anyway, um, oh, the come di- on. <laughs> 
Um, so there's other things in your home and our homes that are cause for concern as well. The pet bowls. <laughs> what about those? How about putting those in the dishwasher? Well, I, you can do that, especially if you happen to, you know, kiss your dog. People, no. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, hey, people will share their ice cream with their dog. I know. I mean, which is actually a good thing because, you know, their bacteria, there's actually been studies that have shown that their bacteria can sometimes be more closely aligned to the bacteria on us than our live-in partners, if you will, that are human. So, yeah, there's not really that wow. big of a deal. Um, when you're talking about, you know, other types of animals, uh, even cats, uh, guinea pigs, hamsters, turtles, uh, fish, if you want, uh, although I don't think you give fish a fish bowl, but anyways, uh, <laughs> you, um, you do want to be sure that you're using hot water and also uh, some kind of soap or detergent to remove because there are potentially some bacteria that can reside in these animals and on these animals that could make you sick. Okay, how about dish sponges? Are they a no-no? Well, they're the most contaminated thing in the home, okay? Mm -hmm. There was a recent study that showed that, you know, it's something like 10 billion bacteria for every, like, cubic centimeter or something like that. It was just absolutely ridiculous, and they're really, really bad. Um, but here's the thing, uh, and, and again, you, you have hospital experience. Have you ever heard of someone coming into the emergency room complaining of getting pneumonia from having sucked on a sponge? <laughs> no, but I think that's happened to me. No. <laughs> Well, I just if didn't you go to the are a sponge sucker, <laughs> no. then what I recommend is that you wet the the, uh, the sponge, put it in your microwave, put it on high for two minutes. Oh, That'll yeah. get it over the seventy four degrees Celsius, and you'll be fine. All right, I used to do that. That actually sounds familiar. Okay, you're you're just like helping my OCD in a huge way. How about the kitchen sink? Is that worse than the toilet? Like, should we get concerned when the dog drinks from the toilet bowl? Which <laughs> once no, it's done, no, it's no, done. No. no. <laughs> I mean, the, the the toilet bowl really like there have been studies that have been shown that have shown that the toilet bowl really isn't the problem. It's the stuff around the toilet bowl that's the issue. Your toothbrush is going to be more likely to give you a problem than your toilet lid. Uh, the this the, the the water inside the toilet is going to give you less problems than the water that's in your sink. It's it, it's simple as that. Interesting. Oh, well, that's great. And how about your coffee res- your coffee maker? That's something that we don't necessarily clean up. I mean, I have to say, I clean it out every day, <laughs> but it's a place that can breed. <laughs> it's a place that can breed. I don't actually have OCD, but I've been told I have it. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that there, there's something that's about the, the coffee maker that's really interesting, and that is and people I, are always like, it's so hot water that's coming out, right? Yes, yes. But we're going to have to leave that for the next show. No, it's the reservoir. That's all i got to say. Okay, Jason, the the germ guy, listen to his great podcast. I could talk to you all night long. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. I'm uh, really, I don't want to forget to say, have a wonderful Christmas and a, a happy new year, certainly. Uh, enjoy your family and your friends and not too much of the food that's going to be put in front of you, but um, because you've got to be careful. Not everything you read on Google is true. You hear about fake news that threatens our democracy? Well, fake medical news threatens our health. And many, many people go to Dr. Google. And I remember about 10 years ago, I think it was, a physician said to me, you know, a lot of these patients are coming in and and they're saying, I saw this on the internet. And he was like, 
I didn't see it on the internet. I don't typically go to the internet. But today, physicians are on the internet. They're on Twitter. They are posting all the time that we're using online Skype consults or um, I use VC, as I said. So we're seeing patients um, online. I, in fact, I had a recent, I do some expert, uh, I do some independent medical exams, expert witnessing, and you need an independent medical exam. And so there was a patient who was about you know, he was in his 20s, early 20s, and I was supposed to see him. And, and he was a long way from my office. And I said, hey, you know, we can do a, an online consult. And, and he said he didn't have a computer and he wasn't that tech savvy, which is really unusual for a millennial. Um, so as it turns out, we're, we're going to meet somewhere in the middle, of course, because I said I couldn't say no. <laughs> I can't meet you halfway instead of saying, no, you come to my office, you know, like an hour and a half drive. No, I felt guilty. Okay, we'll meet halfway in the middle. But anyway, that's fine. I'll do something else uh, while I'm out there um, in, 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 fish con- in fishing country. <laughs> no, it's not in Ladner. Anyway. Um, sometimes we have these symptoms and we don't realize that they are a health condition because we associate certain health conditions, uh, with, uh, men's diseases, for example, with men's health, like heart attacks, like when women have particular symptoms that they, and they don't fit the stereotype of, uh, somebody having a heart attack cause they're female, but you know, women have heart attacks too. It's the number one cause of death. Um, but you know, people can, you know, feel that they exercise, they, they don't smoke, they remain trim, so they eat a very healthy diet. Um, but, you know, they may have high cholesterol and they may have decided not to go on a cholesterol-lowering statin medication because of the scary things that they had read about statins on the internet. And this is a one symptom of fake medical news. And so we get misinformed a lot quite frankly, from naturopaths who will sell you just garbage quite often um, to, you know, cure your ails. And, and there's, you know, there's something called the placebo effect, which will about 30% of the time, whatever is told to you, 30, 30% of the people will actually benefit from a particular type of treatment. Um, there's also the nocebo effect, which is you will have the side effects that you read about uh, on the internet or, or on the product monograph. Um, and many of my patients read the product monograph, which I'm very heartened to, to learn because they, and so they can ask questions um, about particular medications. But, you know, instead of going straight to the internet, um, you know, and, you know, you might as opposed to your physician who may have been studying this for a long time, like there's numerous studies that have shown the benefits of statins, that they far outweigh the risks, especially for people at high risk of heart disease. So if you have heart disease in your family, uh, if you have some of the typical um, risk factors as well, um, you know, being overweight, having hypertension, um, you know, it's much more important to get your cholesterol down. Another area um, where fake news has hit is vaccines. There's a um, there was a deceptive story that went viral this year that the body of a Centers for Disease Control and Prevention epidemiologist washed up in a river after he had raised concerns about the flu vaccine. And that just was not true. There's also been lots of uh, misinformation that vaccines can cause autism. Um, and there was a, in fact, there was a 
congressman who repeated uh, that story. He was just elected to Congress and he repeated that and later had, uh, you know, said that he had to uh, withdraw those comments. But he, of course, claimed that they were misconstrued because there's no evidence to support that vaccines can cause autism. Um, But that's certainly out there and that's out there big time on, on the internet. And there's also, there was a patient in my clinical practice who uh, got cervical cancer, and she was in her 70s now, and she was sexually active. Cervical cancer is not a a disease of older women. Cervical cancer is a disease of younger women. You see women in their 30s and 40s who get cervical cancer from human papilloma virus. Um, and, you know, this woman may have benefited, and, and in fact, uh, in, in speaking to some of my uh, uh, colleagues who are OBGYNs, you know, they, even though... There hasn't been research yet. They actually feel that all women who are sexually active should be vaccinated with the uh, HPV against HPV. Um, so there's, you know, so many different um, things that you might read on the internet that aren't necessarily true, and that's why it's always a good idea to speak to your doctor about that. If you are a woman who is in your, you know, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, and you're sexually active, especially with multiple partners. It is a good idea to have a conversation with your gynecologist about whether you should be vaccinated or not. Just because it's not approved, you know, you can talk to them about uh, off-label, if you will, or outside of the of the guidelines. And the reason that 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 HPV vaccine hasn't been approved for women over, um, you know, in over the decade of in the forties is because it just hasn't been tested yet. But Cancer is a big target for pushes of medical misinformation, many of whom are making money off of alternative therapies. Although most people think cancer tumors are bad, they're actually the way your body attempts to contain the harmful cells is one fake news story that was out there. You know, I I saw as well, um, somebody was raising money on a GoFundMe page for um, alternative treatments in Mexico for her cancer. And and people didn't want to contribute because they didn't feel that that was going to help her. And you know what? Chances are it was not going to help her. So looking to alternative treatments like diets and herbs and supplements, they might make you feel a little bit better. It's just mainly the diet and in place of conventional therapies, but they are too... You are two and a half times more likely to die if you take that advice, if you um, turn to alternative therapies like diets, herbs, and supplements instead of conventional therapies. Yes, chemotherapy is tough. It's very difficult to go through, but... There is research to support that. So, you know, the internet isn't, should not be your only doctor to go to. You should go to your own doctor. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. I'm Maureen McGrath, registered nurse. Hope, help hosting this show for you. I'm also a nurse continence advisor, a sexual health educator. So you're going to take Tim's advice and start intermittent fasting and drop that weight (laughs) so that you can... Uh, feel better about your body image and better about those high-heeled pumps you're going to throw on and nothing else and just strut your stuff. Uh, So you're not going to drink as much. You're going to deal with your anger issues. So if you've been listening to this show and you're going to take the proverbial mirror and turn it on yourself. Say, how is it that I contribute to the problems in my relationship? And you're going to change you because when you change you, other people change. That's the only way. So if you were like the yes person all the time and all of a sudden you're saying no, people are like, oh, well, maybe I'm not able to manipulate that person anymore. So 
you're garnering a bit more respect from those around you, and you're all of a sudden now well prepared for conscious sex, surrendering to the bliss of sexual energy as a path to healing and growth. And this is critical for your relationship, for your sexual self-esteem, to manifest your full sexual energy, you have to surrender. There's no way around that. You must completely inhabit your body and you must live in the moment. Mindfulness, we've talked about that tonight a little bit on the program tonight as well, especially around overeating. So you know what they say, the best time to start something was 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. So if you don't do it now, you'll never do it. Just putting things off, not healthy for you. You don't want to fixate on your performance. You don't want your mind to drift uh, because that actually is a critical component of passion and that will terminate the passion if you start drifting <clears throat> when you're meant to be in the moment, in your full-on sexual energy. So don't hold back. Don't go there. Get out of your head and go right into bliss. Proudly claim your erotic self and mindfully channel your sexual energy. Never use your sexual energy to hurt, to manipulate, to make conquests, or to get addicted to the ego trip of sensual pleasure at someone else's expense because this is bad karma and I totally believe in karma. And when somebody does something bad to somebody else, I'm like, karma will prevail. Don't you worry about that. And it always does. It takes some time. Sometimes you never know when it's going to happen, but the, it, the universe takes care of it. So don't worry. Don't allow others to harm or disrespect you. Sexual energy is not just who you are in bed, although that is a critical part of it. You also make electric linkages to your body, to your spirit, to your lover, and yes, to the universe. Sexual power blended with spiritual power is no, there's no greater turn on than that. We live in this crazy, busy, I saw a mug in one of the shops that said, I am, I am chronically busy or something. I am... <clears throat> I'm the busiest person. Anyway, everybody is busy. And so when we're living in this frantic world, we lack that rich experience of having a primal connection with somebody. And sexual energy can offer us this primal connection, this satisfaction that you can never get from all the purchases in the world that you want to make. Um, you know, people are also wondering what to get their lover, their husband, their wife for Christmas. Give them the gift of a one-hour massage delivered by you. They can return everything else, and they will be. You're just causing great work for them if you buy something that they're not going to like or you cheaped out on them or something. So you might as well offer beautiful oils and a lovely massage whenever they decide. It doesn't have to be sex-related, but, you know, it might go there. Open yourself up to sex, sexuality, and your spirit. And you will be a vessel for erotic flow. This is for people who are in a relationship or even those who are not in a relationship. But the ultimate goal is to enjoy pleasure without insecurities or inhibitions. Typically, people are not thinking about your insecurities. They are loving you for who you are. Um, 
So there's some basic strategies to surrender so that you can live with the best sexual energy ever or to improve your sexual energy. And the more you practice them, the more sexually alive you will be. We tend to dampen our sexuality and our uh, sexual energy. And, and it's not necessarily wittingly. Sometimes we just do it because we have we make other things a priority. Um, we have Kel on the line just before I deliver the basic strategies of surrender. Hello, Kel, from Ladner, British Columbia. Yes. Yeah, we are here in the Delta. How are you tonight? What's that? Sorry? How are you tonight? I'm fine, thank you. Did you say you're way out here in the boonies? <laughs> well, yeah, Ladner can be the boonies sometimes. <laughs> Was that your word or my word? I actually missed that word. We got <laughs> No. What did uh, you say? You said way out here in the... Yeah, um, fishing country. Oh, Ladner's fishing country, huh? Yeah, it's in the Delta. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's way out here in the Delta. I I just wanted to make a point. I'm not here to pick a fight or anything like that. But um, I have a girlfriend, um, and her and I have been together since 1984. She's on her third marriage. And her and I get along real good. Yes. You've been together for 34 years. That's about it. And um, this I, is your, she, you're her third. Pardon me? You're her third husband or partner. Oh, no, no, she's on her third husband. Oh. I'm, I'm left in the dust, for crying out loud. <laughs> but, yeah, Wait she a lives up north, and, up north, and I go up there uh, to visit, and uh-huh. everybody's happy, and nobody, nobody's crying. So Wait, I'm not sure I understand. She's on, you're not her husband? Not right now. You were her husband? Yes. Okay, and now she's on her third husband? Yes. And so do you still see her or yes in that way? Uh no. Oh. Um not really um yeah in the past but not right now. Okay. But, but uh, everybody gets together and we all get along. Nice. Yeah. I don't know why people can't try to just get along. Well, you make a great point because there's a lot of divorced families at this time of year that deal with that and and struggle with if they should go visit their mother or their father or, you know, I had one patient, he was uh, concerned that his kids had to go to so many places over the holidays. Yeah, well, that would really, um, I should watch my language, but I was going to say it sucks, but (laughs) my daughter's up there Mm -hmm. and so it's it's sick sickle cyclical you you gotta make the move to go and see everybody yes. you have to do it you really do if yes. you don't make it nobody's going to want to have anything to do with you, right? That's right. And people can harbor resentments over, you know, an ex-wife. I know of a couple who she wanted to divorce him. This is a couple in my clinical practice. He did not want the divorce. They had three children and she left him 
and and then she made it very difficult for him to see the children. Uh, and then now she's claiming he's remarried and he's very happily remarried and he's actually done very well career wise since he left this first wife. Um, and so but now the ex-wife is is making up stories about the new wife saying that the new wife broke up their marriage when yeah, that well, was that, not the that, case. That sounded like there was a big uh, almost like a railway switch where somebody went one way and somebody went the other and got happy and the other got mad. Exactly. And jealousy, you know, belies some of this, but the children suffer. And that's the point. So you may not want to be married to somebody, but treat them with respect and also never say anything negative about them to your children. Not in front of your children. Exactly. Um, Children are very, um, very resilient. And if the parents get along good through a divorce, children react to that. Children do better. Well, Kel yeah. from Ladner out there in fishing country. <laughs> Sorry, I said the boonies. I didn't mean that wasn't my word. I was just guessing a word that you might have said because we got cut out for a sec. Have a very Merry Christmas. And, and a very Merry Christmas to you, too. Thank you so and, much. Uh, I love your show. Oh, that's... And uh, a lot of goodness goes to, um, to Jill in the morning, early in the morning, because sometimes I can't get to listen to you. Oh. I listen to Jill on NW. Jill's wonderful. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. And I'm on her show every Sunday morning at 6.33. So anyway, thanks so much, Kel, and uh, Happy New Year to you as well. And we're just going to get quickly to the basic strategies of surrender. So this is to surrender, to develop your sexual energy. So you want to surrender your to-do list, making time for sensuality and lovemaking. Surrender your overactive, critical monkey mind that kills passion and stops you from being present in your body. Surrender to pleasure as completely as possible because that's what it's all about. And let yourself melt into the ecstasy of orgasm and become one with your partner. Sexual energy is certainly something to revere and consciously cultivate. You cannot leave it to chance. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.